This is Voices of COVID-19. I'm Brian Lucas. Thanks for joining us. The coronavirus pandemic has prompted us to take a step back and think about what is truly important. We're coming up with new definitions of what is essential, and we're hopefully recalibrating our priorities as we realize the importance of human touch and connection. One thing that has brought particular comfort during this time is art, music, movies, literature. We're seeing how the connection that we feel through art can actually transcend physical separation and help bring us together. But while appreciation for art may be heightened, for many artists the pandemic is taking a toll. This is particularly true for musicians who suddenly saw the curtains close on all performances for the foreseeable future. Joining me today to give his perspective is John Munson, one of the most prolific and revered musicians in Minnesota. John first rose to prominence as the bass player in Trip Shakespeare and later in the band Semisonic. Today, he's involved in numerous projects and collaborations, most notably as a member of the renowned jazz trio, The New Standards, and there's a new Semisonic album on the way, despite the efforts of COVID-19 to disrupt things. With that, I'd like to welcome John Munson. John, thanks so much for taking time to talk to me today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Brian. First thing I just wanted to get is a snapshot of how things are going for you with the stay-at-home order. We've all been sheltering in place for quite a while now. How are you able to withstand this time of solitude? There's a lot of it that is pretty familiar, actually, and the parts that are challenging are the unfamiliar bits, I guess. I think artists spend a lot of their time in solitude anyway. I mean, I don't I don't go into an office every day anyway, so I'm not giving up that. I'm not grieving that loss. I really miss the musicians that I play with on a regular basis. And I think for, for me, this whole thing commenced with this um, frustration of having a big group of gigs that were going to be important to me and to the new standards this spring. And it was going to employ a bunch of our friends and it was going to be financially significant. And it was also going to be a bit of a capstone on some work that we had been doing for a while. And that got just dashed. And uh, so many of our plans in the spring had kind of hinged on that. My feelings of desperation and anxiety really peaked when the last of those shows would have happened. How did the progression go for you when all of a sudden you realized this is not something that we've been through before, when you had to start coming to terms with the fact that some of these things that you were really looking forward to were going to be canceled? That's really the thing that's been, <laughs> been very painful, I think, for me, is talking hopefully about performances that may happen in the future and having the people that I'm speaking with about those performances going like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. You know, things just keep getting pushed off further and further. The impact of what it meant when all the venues and the agents and stuff that we had been in contact with for these springtime shows called up and said, we're shutting down. It came home to roost really fast and hard. And now I'm really just having to kind of consider alternative ways of doing what I do. I have I don't have any real solutions yet, especially because 
the limited number of like online type performances that I've done doesn't feel sustaining to me at this point. To me, one of the things that I appreciate about you and the work that you do is you are one who is so good at collaborating with people and you get and give energy to other people. Oh, it's my whole thing. What it is that I do. You know, drummers and bass players and musicians of that sort, you know, it's like no one really wants to see me sit down with an acoustic guitar and strum and play songs. That's really not my bag. What I like to do, I like to throw my shoulder into a work of art and push and support it. And it's hard to do that in a a mode of social distancing. As much as technology has enabled some of this to happen, playing through zoom with somebody can't be the same as being in the room and having that connection with them when you're playing face to face right i have to admit i haven't even gone there i just i it's i'll tell you something i had a chat with a a friend the other night and he was like why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing that which is like please if you want to have a conversation with me don't go there don't don't ask why i'm not doing this or that or the other thing but he, he was talking about online performance, essentially. And I said, you know, I just can't do it because it connects me too much to the grief that I'm feeling. Like, for example, the first online performance that I saw, I was at my studio and I was starting to disassemble it, to put it into boxes, to bring home Uh, the things that I would need for various kinds of projects that that I'm working on. Kind of in the background, Facebook was there, and I think I scrolled down and um, I saw the Indigo Girls performing in their living room. And I've performed with the Indigo Girls before. Actually, we've done festivals together and stuff, and I'm familiar with them. Their performance laid on me and laid bare intense emotion that I could not control. And I just was weeping as I was watching them play their songs. And it really settled on me what was happening in that moment. And that is basically what makes me just kind of shy away from the idea of doing these performances because it connects me. It's like triggering almost, you know, triggers me towards grief. What was it that really affected you about that performance? Was it seeing them in that type of venue per se and how unnatural and disconnected it was? Or was it still the power of music able to come through that? It was for sure both things. Their performance was very powerful, I would say. But it was also very weird because it was just the two of them in someone's living room or their own living room or something just sitting on a couch playing their hits and trying to let people know that things were going to be okay. I believe that things are going to be okay. And I fully believe that we are going to get through this. I think having them kind of try to cheerlead the moment a little bit connected me just to what was going to be lost. I remember when 9-11 happened, one, one friend of mine said to me, nothing is ever going to be the same again. And I was like, wow, you really think so? And I I was skeptical about that in that moment. She was totally right. It changed 
everything. I think it changed the way that people behave towards one another in really some fundamental ways. And I think that this is going to be that and maybe more so. I think that the way that we deal with solitude, the way that we almost have to think about the what's really important to us and maybe allow ourselves to reconnect with what's important to us because maybe the day-to-day distractions take us away from that sometimes, right? Very true. I, I, I 100% agree with you on that. I think that I'm so close to my family right now, and my family has become my rock in a way even more than it was in, in the past. And the things that my family offered to me have become so apparent. I'm so grateful. I think there's a myth that some people have about artists that, you know, you hear this, boy, I can't wait to hear all the creativity that comes out of the COVID-19 and the pandemic, that, that holding you up in your basement is going to give you this time to create this masterpiece that you've always had in you. But it's such an unnatural way to isolate somebody. Oh, no, it's that's very funny. And, and it is so true. And I think a lot of artists, in fact, are feeling guilty about the fact that the moment has proven too much for them. It's probably the fact that they have all this time where they could be being creative. There's a million distractions, not least of which is like, if I go to the grocery store, am I going to die? <laughs> I mean, it's like this, it, it makes it uh, hard to focus, I think. And, you know, the other thing is, is like there's this clown show on every afternoon where people are telling you things like, uh, be sure to drink some Lysol, you know, because uh, that'll help clear up your lungs. It's like, what is going on? As much as I can, I'm trying to tune out the news. But given the fact that the situation is so unfamiliar and, you know, decisions that are being made are really important, it feels like I should try and stay in touch with what's happening. The thing that you were saying about artists and creativity in a moment like this, I do feel like, yeah, maybe it's not the time for your masterpiece, but I, I feel like standing up and saying, I am here, I'm going to continue to be an artist, and I'm going to continue to be a creative individual in our community in whatever way I can in this moment and going forward, that's an important thing to do. One of the things that I've been doing, which has been kind of fun, has been um, sifting through old work that didn't either didn't get attention or didn't get the attention I felt it deserved. And I've been kind of trying to put some of that work back out into the world and go like, hey, look at this. This is a thing that happened that I always wished would have been heard. And it never really was. But here it is for you now. And I try to create some context around these artworks. And it's been fun to get some attention focused back on those things. I think the other thing that we're seeing through this is the importance of art in our lives. I saw somebody posted something that said, if you think that we need to cut arts funding, try social isolation without music or art or literature. Yeah, no doubt. It's so very interesting to me. You know, I'll watch sports here and there. And I I was really quite looking forward to the Stanley Cup, which is, you know, that's kind of my favorite. And to have all the sports go away. And now it's art. That's what's left for diversion. I think in some ways it's going to have a positive effect and people are going to kind of connect with how important 
art and music are in their lives. In terms of other ways that you've occupied yourself, you've been working on playing jazz music. There's a very famous a bebop head called Donna Lee, which is uh, Jaco Pastorius kind of made it a famous exercise for bass players and he plays it at a, at a lightning fast tempo that i cannot even get close to but little by little i'm come closing in you know I, I work on it every day i pick up my bass and i spend a half an hour just kind of playing that head working through those changes and you know a couple of other ones too it's really fun it's like it's the sort of thing that hey, I've got time to do this now. I'm going to do it because some of the other things that would seem so pressing, like preparing a performance, it's not going to happen or, or whatever like that. And um, the other guy that I've been having some encounters with is um, J.S. Bach. Um, I've been working on uh, cello suites for double bass. And uh, I, one of these days I'll, I'll feel comfortable enough to um, play down some movements from... Uh, the Bach cello suites. It's amazing stuff. I love um, the Pablo Casals performance of those cello suites. There's so much expressiveness in his interpretations. Just unbelievable. And then the other thing that I'm working on is, you know, I'm, I'm working on um, some recordings with some friends. I'm kind of finishing up some work on a Dylan Hicks record that we've been working on for a while. I'm working on a Lucy Michelle record. And Semisonic has got a record coming out that was going to come out to big fanfare this summer. It's going to still going to come out this summer. And I don't, I don't, we're going to try and figure out what fanfare means in this moment. One thing that I think is really interesting about musicians, particularly in this market, is the way that they do really support each other. It sounds like you're able to keep that going a little bit through this and continue to kind of support each other. Yeah, it's hard though, you know, be, <laughs> because people have various levels of comfort um, with even seeing one another, you know. Um, some people just, they, they love you and you love them, but they don't want to be in a room with you until somebody sounds the all clear. And really, I'd say that's kind of more the case than not. It's kind of a challenge to be in a room playing with someone right now. So it's a, a lot of the recording work and stuff like that is working on projects that were kind of established already and where some kind of final touches need to be made. You know, one of the things that I love about this community is how it's constantly regenerating itself. I think there's a lot of um, nostalgia for the 80s and the 90s and the Twin Cities music scene and how vital it was. But, you know, the thing about it is, is it just keeps being vital. Why is that? I mean, it's amazing. It's a delight. And it's a constantly unfolding flower, this community. It feels like it's just always someone who is coming on and doing something amazing. And we're so lucky for that. In terms of the way that we get through this, I'm sure this has got to be gut check time for a lot of artists because financially in the gig economy or trying to make ends meet, people might not emerge from this as easily as some other types of industries. Are you worried about this community and the way that people are going to be able to continue to do their art once this is over? Uh, <laughs> yes, I am. I'm very concerned. I mean, you, you, you have to be. You have to be. There's it's no easy way to, to put it. I mean, being a performing artist is a pretty iffy proposition in, in the good times. 
I've been really lucky in that I've had some really great years a number of years ago that helped to support me, help allow me to do the things that I want to do. But if I were starting now, I don't know. It would be tough. I have a friend who's like, yeah, this will get a lot of the amateurs out of the picture. But, you know, I, I, I guess I can't quite share that because the, you have to be an amateur for a while and kind of figure out how to become a professional. You know what I mean? Yeah. The amateurs are that pipeline of, that sustain this market, right? Yeah. It become the, the next wave. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you have the passion for it, there's very little that you can do about it. You know what I mean? You're kind of stuck. You you end up just kind of having to do it. I can't, I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's been a few times along the along the way where I was like, anything but this. Get me, you know, get me out of music. I can't take it. You know, there are moments where you just feel like I just can't do this any longer. It's too hard. But then you realize that there's nothing else that you want to do. I mean, I, or it maybe can do. I don't know. At a certain point. When you think about the next few months or the next year, is there a moment that you look forward to? Oh, yeah. I, I can totally, I totally visualize it every day, I think, maybe is just being on a stage playing with my friends. And it could be the new standards or it could be almost anybody. It, But it, it's very much centered around being on a stage performing. And, and not only with my friends in the band, but really with the friends and the audience and feeling the fellowship of those moments that we share together that's life to me. That is, ev- that's my everything. You know, it really is. Um, the smile on an audience member's face or the look of confusion or, or whatever it is, that's joy to me because that's, that's life in the moment. That's life that is not about worrying about what the hell is going on or what is going to happen. It's a way of dropping fully into the now. And that's really where I want to live my life. But it's it's very hard in this moment, which is so much about worry. It's so much about of a, a hazy future. And um, and I think that's that's painful what we're all going through. And you have to acknowledge it. But I do believe that we can get back to a moment where we all are sharing now together and feeling joy together. When I thought about talking to you, I immediately thought of the the holiday show and how last year's holiday show for the new standards was, was such an emotional, just a, a high and a connection and a, just a, everyone was so happy to be there and to experience that together. And I can't even imagine, hopefully there will be one this year what it's going to be like to stand on that stage. <laughs> Have you even allowed yourself to think about that? Well, it's scary for me to think about because, you know, I mean, too many people are telling me they don't think it's going to happen, you know, and that, that is ter- That's That's really horrifying to me. Different people have had different thoughts about ways to make the show, that show in particular, happen 
even if it can't happen at the state theater on that first weekend in December, as it always does, you know, I'd been experiencing a, a certain amount of dread about that not happening because it's so it's so important to me and it, to all of us. We love doing it so much. It just gives us such joy. And I know all the musicians that are involved in doing it love doing it. It will happen. Somehow it will happen. What would you say to people who might be having a tough time right now and imagining, can they keep following their passion? Can they keep doing this, even though it's so difficult right now, what words of advice might you have for them as you look over the horizon and know that the importance of music isn't going away? People are going to have to do what they ever they need to do to get through this moment. It doesn't need to define who they are for the rest of their lives. If you have to do something to kind of just make it work now, your, your life going forward will still be there for you to pick up. I think that's kind of where we are right now. But if music is your passion, my advice is always the same, which is persist. Persist. Stay in line and keep creating things and let the world come to you. I really appreciate you taking the time and I can't tell you how much I look forward to being in the crowd and watching you perform hopefully sooner than later. I'll know that we're going back to normal when I can look up on stage and see you playing. Thank you, Brian. Voices of COVID-19 is an attempt to document the thoughts and feelings of people who are perhaps outside the limelight to get personal reflections on how a pandemic impacts all of our lives. Please subscribe to this podcast and join us for our next episode, where we'll hear from a college gymnast who saw his season canceled and who saw his Olympic dreams put on hold as a result of COVID-19. If you know of someone who might make a good guest on this podcast, please send them to me at brian at truevoicecommunications.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay separate, and we'll get through this together. Mm-hmm.